You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a great way to get a taste of what it's like to work with me one-on-one, but they're also a fascinating peek into the brain and business of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their experience, their stories on the podcast, and I have so much respect for each of them. If you would like my help with your teaching or your yoga business, I'd love to connect with you. You can find out more about my paid strategy sessions at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. You can also get peer help from other listeners on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, go to teachingyoga.net slash join. You can pause and do that right now so you don't forget. And when you get back, we'll jump right into today's call. I am South African. Um, I started teaching yoga in about 2016 in South Africa, and then I moved to UAE, to Dubai, where I also taught in studios. And then last August, I moved to New Zealand. So I've started working, I've started teaching at various studios. I recently got a full-time position at a hotel where they have a gym with public access or public memberships, I should say. So that's been pretty time consuming. I do get to teach, but not as much as I'd like. And I'm in a supervisory role. So there's a lot of administrative work or not that admin is the problem. It's more, I don't know, dealing with things that don't seem to be worth the effort as opposed to teaching. So I have formally resigned yesterday (laughs) and um, I've got a month's notice, which is fine. There's no hard feelings or anything, but now I'm looking at getting myself out into the new city, into the new country that I'm living in, trying to build my own client base. Yeah, trying to make the most of my yoga business. So you've been teaching for about two years, two, three years, and there's this job that wasn't feeling like a good fit. And what I was hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, but that there was maybe things that felt petty that you had to spend a lot of your time on. Is that a good word to describe it? Absolutely. There were some issues with the people that were reporting to me. Um, or was that me? Or Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, there were some toxic relationships or relationships making the environment a bit toxic. And that is what was petty and not really worth the effort, in my opinion. So you want to strike out on your own where you're the leader and you set the tone and you get to decide who you're going to work with and what the structures and boundaries are around that. Correct. And get to teach more and um, have a wider a range of people that I can work with instead of just a limited membership. It is a small gym. It's a small private gym. So 
it has limited members and even more limited amounts of people interested in yoga, which is where my heart lies. One of the questions that you asked on the intake forum that one of the things that you wanted to explore with me is whether you should try to open up a yoga studio or whether you should focus more on private classes and corporate clients. Would that be a good place to start? Absolutely. Sure. What is your favorite part about teaching yoga? My favorite part about teaching yoga is probably like unlocking the next level for someone when someone who's been struggling with something or doesn't believe that their body is able to get into a certain pose breaks through and they get there. I find that so fulfilling. So really just sharing um, my knowledge of yoga, not that it's at capacity, is it ever? (laughs) But sharing what I know about yoga and seeing the joy when their bodies show them how capable they are. I think that's my favorite part about teaching. Okay. Is helping someone find out how capable and strong and powerful that they are. Well, I'm already having a sense on this topic that you probably will be better off with private classes and corporate clients um, for a couple of reasons. One is that even though if you open a yoga studio, you are in charge and you do get to choose who you work, who works for you, there still does end up being that role of being the manager. And that ends up taking a huge part of your time. I'm getting the sense that that's not where your passion lies. I have never owned a yoga studio myself. So I'm only speaking from having observed and and talked to other yoga studio owners, but the business of the studio ends up taking up so much of their time that many times they don't teach as much as they would like and they don't practice as much as they would like. I think it, it takes a very specific personality and even situation for a yoga studio to be the most nurturing approach to teaching yoga. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> And I can, you know, hear from your voice and I can see from your face, it seems like you're more of a quiet person. You don't seem to be super extroverted. I mean, this is just an impression. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Total introvert. <laughs> okay. I, I can relate. So I think that owning a yoga studio would exhaust you. Okay. It would call on all the activities that are hardest for you about teaching yoga. And it would minimize your ability to spend time on the parts that are more joyful for you. Well, it feels like a big sigh of relief to hear that actually, because it is a huge undertaking and it's very daunting. I don't mind hearing that. (laughs) Good. Your next question was about building a client base and where to start with that. What kind of city or community do you live in right now? Okay, so I live in the capital of New Zealand. Uh, It's called Wellington. It's a pretty small city. Everything is, well, in the CBD, in the city center, everything is within walking distance. You can walk from one side to the other, probably in 45 minutes. There is good public transportation to the city center and to the other suburbs. There are trains and buses. Mm, There are lots of people walking. There are a lot of businesses. So corporate is a strong option. And do you live in the suburbs? I live in the city center at the moment, but I'm moving soon. Okay. And how important for you 
in your current situation, is it that you be bringing in a regular income? Do you have any kind of padding or flexibility or are you kind of in a position where, okay, I've given my one month's notice. I've got one month to figure out how to make ends meet. I am very blessed that I have support and a bit of padding as you put it. Yep. So it's not imperative that I bring in money immediately, but it's definitely preferable. (laughs) I ask that because teaching yoga, especially in a place where you're not already plugged in, can take time. It can really take time to build relationships. It's a blessing for sure to have that space to not feel the financial pressure in addition to all the other pressures that we put ourselves put on ourselves. Sure. What do you do? What do you like to do outside of yoga? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I like to learn. I like to study and read. I'm very introverted. So just spending a lot of time on my own with my husband eating. <laughs> But yeah, pretty much um, a lot of reading and a lot of learning. And what do you stand for as a yoga teacher? What do I stand for? I stand for the um, idea or the concept that yoga isn't about exercise. Yoga isn't even about the physical practice. There are so many other limbs and um, that it is for every body. There should be no limits to, I don't know, yoga isn't for fit people. It isn't for lean people. It's for everyone, disabilities anxieties. And do you have any sense when you think back through the people that you've worked with up until now, has there been any pattern in the people that you felt got the most benefit from working with you or felt the most fulfilling to you? Sure. Uh, There's definitely a lot of fulfillment when it comes to bigger bodied people feeling joy and comfort within their bodies, as well as uh, people who have gone through a loss or trauma. I find a lot of personal fulfillment dealing with them and I see, I feel like they also seem to benefit. You might start exploring private classes. Now you might, as you kind of hinted, you might need to do a combination because the corporate classes might pay your bills. Of course. <laughs> and the, the private classes might be where, you're, where you shine. As a more introverted person, I personally prefer one-on-one interaction, but, and so I'm, is that the same for you? Yes. I I don't have any issue or any shyness or anxiety when it comes to teaching a class. I did at first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's gone with time, but I definitely do feel myself even being slightly more energetic at the start of a small or one-to-one class as opposed to a bigger class. Yeah, that makes sense. So are you saying you already have a space to teach out of? Yeah, uh, I'm teaching at a Pilates studio at the moment. Okay. And they have a separate room where they have yin, and I can rent that space for a really good rate. Okay, great. So generally, when you're thinking about making headway in a, in a brand new place, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for us introverts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it does require the discipline of going out and meeting people. And it's, there's really just no way around that when you're in an industry that is a physical in-person industry. The, the only way to really truly make connections and to develop opportunities is to, um, is to meet people in person. Okay. Are you specifically not wanting to teach at a yoga studio or is there just no opportunities for that? 
No, not at all. Um, I'm happy to teach at a yoga studio and I am happy to fill um, my schedule with classes, but I feel like I'm also ready to grow my own brand, if you can call it that, right? Like my own client base. Like I would really like to form like an intimate group of people, mm-hmm. a community of my own. What has worked for me in the past is teaching at other places with big classes and then inviting people if they want a more intimate experience to either practice with you one-on-one or in small groups. Okay. But you need to be exposed to a certain number of people before the right people will connect with you. So there's a few kind of ways of thinking about this. Now, if you go to yoga studios and you teach at yoga studios, the challenge is that a lot of those yoga studios are not the people that you prefer teaching. It's people who are a bit fitter and already kind of know what they're doing to some degree or think that they know what they're doing. So it doesn't have that same sense of fulfillment for you of helping people discover what they're actually capable of. On the other hand, if you were to say, go to a community center and teach at like a senior center or a community center, it, it could work out well, but there would be the risk and the challenge of if the people you encounter don't have the disposable income to pay any more than the, the very minimum that the community center might charge, then it would be difficult to get them to follow you away. One thing that has worked for some people, a lot of people actually, is to focus on seniors specifically. That might not be the right niche for a 25-year-old just because you're in this 25-year-old body and you might be an amazing teacher, but you don't know what it's like to have the aches and pains of age. So I think that at this time, you're really in a place of exploration. I would think of yourself as in a stage of exploration. I would encourage you to take yoga classes. Do you, Have you gone out and practiced at the local Wellington studios? I have a couple times. It's not something I've been doing regularly enough with this job, mm-hmm. but I hope to do it more now that my time's a bit more mine. What was your experience? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed some of it. Definitely some of it was more to my personal style. The studios here seem a bit different to what I've experienced in South Africa and Dubai, Okay, which was interesting. What was the difference? I just... Um, It's actually, I'm not too sure. I find, I hope I don't get in trouble. (laughs) I find some of them a little bit pretentious, if I can say that. But there are a few that seem really, really to my taste. Down to earth. Yeah. Okay. So definitely don't force yourself to go places where it doesn't feel like a good fit. But do try to visit (laughs) as many places as possible. And do you introduce yourself to the teacher whenever you go? I don't usually. (laughs) Just kind of go to the back corner. (laughs) Yeah, this is the growing edge. (laughs) Introduce yourself to the teacher, if you, especially if you resonate with their class, and offer to sub. Let them know that you're available for subbing. Okay, that's a really important way to to build a name for yourself. If I were a brand new teacher and I were really trying to get my name out in a new place, I would sub as much as I could specifically for teachers who have a decent number of people at their classes. Now, of course, it can be, you never know, it can be valuable to teach two people. It could be. But if you're 
running all over town and you're really, you know, you're expending your energy, you're an introvert, you want to get bang for your buck. So try to figure out whose classes are well attended and you like them. You personally like them. And connect with those teachers and offer to sub because a good sub with a lot of availability is just golden. Teachers really, really appreciate it. And if you also, if you are attending their classes really regularly, then they will feel comfortable. Like, oh, well, Dana knows what my classes are like. She's not going to push my students too much. She's not going to, she's down to earth. I like the way she kind of contains herself. I like seeing her and and her energy. So that's, that's the first step I would say is find the classes you like and offer to sub. That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) It sounds um, quite fun as well. Yeah, After good. Having such a limited market for some time, it'll be nice to teach new faces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You may find as you do that that there is a specific type of student or a specific type of class that's really calling to you that there's some space for. There's not enough of it in Wellington. The next thing I would do is look for places to teach, whether that is the studios gyms, community centers, and and just try. Try out places because you never know where your fit's going to be. People are used to the fact that yoga teachers come and go. So it's not a problem if you take on a class, try it for three months, and then you're like, nope, this isn't a good fit for me. I'm going to give my notice and move on. That's not a problem. You definitely want to, I think, start by figuring out where in Wellington you really fit and where people resonate with you, where you're meeting people who are excited by what you're offering. At the same time, as kind of a multi-pronged approach, I would put together a proposal for businesses and see if you can get some corporate clients. Sure. Okay. That's a, that's definitely something I'm interested in pursuing. I'm just not 100% sure of how to get there. Like, do you visit the businesses in person? It just depends on the type, right? It depends on the type of business. What is your, what does your husband do? He is in cybersecurity. Ooh. (laughs) Could you start with wherever he works? It's a very small company, like a very, um, I think there's like 14 people. So I probably could. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is outsourced. He's a consultant. So he's outsourced to a few bigger companies. Okay. Well, it would be a place to start. At, at the very least, he would probably know who to contact within his own company. And you could offer to take them out for tea or you could pick up the phone and call them and share that you are starting a yoga business, that you are intending to offer corporate yoga, the simplest thing you could do is just offer a free one-time class for them in exchange for a testimonial. Okay. I'd love to do a free trial class with you. If you guys like it, you could write me a nice testimonial. If you love it, you could hire me to teach a few more. That sounds great. Especially like the testimonial idea. I've never thought of that before. So that would be the first step. And then you could take what you learned from that and bring that same proposal to some other places, do some research, figure out where would you like to teach? Is there any business in town, any corporation in town that has a decent number of employees and you like their mission or 
It definitely is um, a business that I've got my eye on. They've got very, um, they seem to have a lot of integrity. Nice. Yeah. So offer the same thing for them. I'll do a free class for you. If you like it, you can write me a testimonial. If you love me, if you love it, you can hire me to teach more classes. That sounds great. I'll, I'll definitely do that. And with all of these things, different people have a different ability to follow up after themselves, but being really specific in goals and deadlines and <laughs> the plan is helpful for not letting it just become an idea, but putting it into action. My recommendation would be to choose a certain number of classes per week that you'll attend. Set a goal for that. Do you know okay. what that would be? How many classes? Yeah. I would say um, I would really like to attend five a week, but realistically speaking, three is a good number. Perfect. And it can be the same classes once you find the right ones, and it can vary depending on time and as you're searching for the right ones. Okay. So the second one is, so as you take these classes, you're also going to be scouting these locations for, do they want to hire you? Sure. Make sure that you take the classes. If the owner or the manager teaches, make sure you take their classes. Make sure you take their classes multiple times and then introduce yourself and let them know that you're a teacher, available to sub, available to teach. Okay. Now, gyms might be a little bit different. Some gyms will hire teachers as contractors, but they don't necessarily let you drop in. So sure. do some research and you know, send an email or send a resume is what I would do. Send a resume to, I don't know, let's say three gyms per week or three okay. places per week. That sound good? Yep. That sounds good. Manageable. Then the third is to reach out to these two places, right? The, the one business where your husband works and then mm -hmm. also the other business that you have in mind. Uh, by when do you want to have that done? Um, by the end, by next week, Wednesday, I think okay. I should be able to do that. Okay, great. So now you have a basic action plan. Yes, I do. For, <laughs> for building a community, for building a client base, and for potentially starting to get some corporate clients for that steady income. A little bonus is if you want to teach private sessions, I would look at your budget and see if you can afford to take some private sessions. And once you find the teachers that you really, really like, take some private sessions with them. Okay. That'll give you some ideas for how to structure the private sessions and it'll really feed your own practice. Okay, well, that's something I'd never considered before either. So that's an interesting idea. Isn't it so interesting that we want to offer things that we haven't done ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> How cheeky of me. <laughs> the audacity. But it's not, it's not just you. <laughs> you know, it's a different way of thinking about it. If you are taking the private sessions, you're going to be so much better at talking about the value of, of doing it for your students. Whereas if you're just imagining what that's like, it's going to always be a step removed. Okay. Okay. Good idea. <laughs> and then of course, you know, this is a, a long process. So this is just the beginning, but that's, that's what I would do if I were in your shoes. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've given me a lot to think about. You're very welcome. You've given me some really good ideas and not just ideas, but like actions, steps to take towards getting to where I want to be. 
Good. Do you have any other questions for me? Uh, I do have one. Um, what is your opinion on like having a social media or like a Facebook page or Instagram page? How important do you think that is for establishing yourself as a little business? You know, for what you're looking to do, where ultimately you want private clients and corporate classes, I don't think it's that important. Okay. You need to have a funnel. You know what I'm talking about? This is like a business term. The top of the funnel is all the people who find out about what you offer. And the bottom mm -hmm. of the funnel is everybody who says yes. Yes. It's, like, it's an imperfect metaphor though because like, where do they yeah, I get it <laughs> I guess the idea is like some of them go to the bottom and come through first and the other ones come through later but I don't know okay but point the point is it's like an upside down pyramid right you have to be exposed to a lot more people than you need yep. in order to in order to make it work and, and not all of them are going to say yes either. <laughs> right, exactly. And you need to find a way to stay top of mind. But because you have these two sides to your yoga business, the corporate side, those people aren't really looking for yoga social media accounts. So you're not likely to find corporate clients on social media. And you're going to find them through either you reaching out to them and having a great offer and then wowing them when you do your free class for them. And then through word of mouth as HR people or whoever it is that's making these decisions, they will talk about you to their friends who are in similar positions. That's, that's how that is going to grow. Okay. The private clients will grow probably through the group classes that you teach and a few people saying, no, I, I want to spend more time with you. I want individual attention, but that is going to be the top of your funnel is going to be the group classes. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Now, if you had other communities to tap into, then I would have advised you differently. Uh-huh. But because you're an introvert and you like to sit at home <laughs> reading, <laughs> I which I do too, <laughs> I don't want to, you can't artificially create a community where it doesn't exist so the logical place for you to go to develop these relationships is to gyms and studios and other places where people might sign up for your classes and worth, you know, worth a shot or worth an, uh, an attempt is maybe some senior centers specifically. I don't know what, how, what it's like in New Zealand, but in the U S the colleges and universities often have this special senior learning center and then there's also like arboretums and botanical gardens. And I'm trying to think of places where retired people who do have some disposable income spend their time. Okay. And so that, yeah. that would be worth exploring. Like, and I didn't ask you specifically, do you love flowers and gardening? Because if you do, if that was just didn't kind of pop into your head, but you do, then that would be a place to go to meet people. Ultimately, the, the cool thing about teaching privates is that if you find the right clients and the right relationships, they will be with you for the long term and they will, they will look at you and they'll be like, I want to keep doing this indefinitely. And then you don't have to hustle so hard to keep finding okay. people. If you've got a few corporate clients and a few private clients, that could be really sustaining and relaxing for you. 
That sounds great. Thank you so much for being willing to be vulnerable and to share your ideas you. and your business and your questions with the podcast audience. I really appreciate that. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Like I said, you've given me a lot to go off here. So I'm very grateful. And it would be wonderful if, you know, you check in and check in with me on the Facebook group and let me know how all this turns out. Absolutely. I will do. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what brought me to the Facebook group. And yeah, very happy about all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dana. Thank you again to the generous and courageous yoga teachers who participate in these coaching calls. I've had so many listeners reach out to let me know how helpful they are, and that would not be possible without the passion and vulnerability that you embody. And thank you also to each of you who listen all the way to the end, and most especially to those of you who leave reviews and who reach out to me to let me know that the podcast has impacted you and helped you. I'm grateful to get to support you and your teaching through the podcast, through workshops, trainings, and one-on-one strategy sessions. If you'd like to find out more about working with me one-on-one, you can do that at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. Until next week, just a friendly reminder to prioritize your personal practice and whatever you do, whatever works for you for self-care so that you have the resources to be able to help others and be there for others. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. 